Hello and welcome to the Living Life Differently podcast. We are the Mahojos, I'm Amy and I'm Ali and we live in a static caravan on a farm in South Wales with our son Ollie and our dog Dizzy. We're currently on a year off together, waiting patiently to get going on a European campervan adventure. In the meantime, we decided to set up this podcast to share stories of women who are living life differently, women who are doing things different to the norm. So if you're feeling a little stuck in life or need confidence to make some big changes, then keep listening. We've got some brilliant guests. In this episode, we speak with Sarah Williams, who left a high-flying job in the city of London to figure out what she wanted to do next. What does she do now? Listen to find out. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Living Life Differently podcast and we're super excited today to have with us a guest who called Sarah Williams. Welcome Sarah. Whoop whoop yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hi thanks so much for joining us. Um, we've been c- connected for some years now I think 2015 we first came across a little leaflet that advertises what you're doing now not giving anything away I'd let you do that for everybody but tell us a bit about yourself who you are how old you are and what you're doing with yourself at the moment oh let me give you all the juicy details so my name is Sarah Williams I'm the host of the Tough Girl podcast and the founder of Tough Girl Challenges which is all about motivating and inspiring women and girls I am 39 years old I'm going to be 40 this September oh my goodness where is the time gone um what else am I do I also go on a couple of adventures myself so I have run the marathon de Sabs over in Morocco I have through hiked the Appalachian Trail in 100 days I've hiked the Lycian Way in Turkey I've cycled down the Pacific Coast Highway in America what else have I done oh and most recently well not recently a I suppose my last adventure that I did was the Overland Track in Tasmania. So uh, my mission is to increase the amount of female role models in the media and um, share more women's voices and more women's stories, which is what I do. So there's possibly over about 350 episodes of women going on incredible adventures, doing amazing challenges from sailing around the world to climbing mountains to through hiking to running to riding tandem bicycles. Um, Yeah, there's a whole host of amazing stories. So I think that's a, that's a brief snapshot. I'm used to talking, so I could end up talking for like 40 minutes straight. So I'll have to rein myself in. No, that's absolutely fine. Not a problem. And that is how we got connected, because in 2015, um, myself and Amy went along to the Women's Adventure Expo in Bristol, which I think was a new initiative at the time. I think that was the first year that it happened. And we, we there was a bunch of leaflets on the seats and one of them was for your podcast. And I'd never listened to a podcast before. Neither of us had listened to podcasts. And the marketing leaflet was really fascinating. So I think it had some pictures of some adventurers. It might have had, I don't know, Squash Falcon or, or Joe Bradshaw or somebody. Um, and we're like, oh, we should have a listen to this. And I think I'll, we'll obviously get into the podcast a lot more detail later on. But I think it should come with a positive health warning that it can lead you to do some quite crazy things in my personal experience. Would you oh, agree? I, oh, I totally agree. And I, I've had some, you know, one of the great things that I do is I get these awesome messages from women around the world who are like oh you know Sarah because of you I've signed up to run that marathon or I've signed up to walk the coast to coast a few scary ones a couple of years ago when people were emailing me to to tell me Sarah do you know what I've wanted to quit my job for ages and I've finally done it I've quit my job I'm going to change my life I'm basically going to lead a more adventurous life which is incredible and and that's what it's all about it's about 
getting people to think about what are their dreams, what are their goals, what do they want to do? So it's not about copying what these other women have done. It's about being inspired by them and thinking, okay, well, she's like me and she went and did that. Okay, so that's how she did it. That's how she got over her fears. That's how she made her dream a reality. What can I use? What are the tips? What are the tricks? What are the methods? And then use them and apply them to your own life and to your own personal goals. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think there's something really powerful about women um, learning from and gaining confidence from other women. And I guess that's that's underpins your podcast as well, doesn't it? Oh, massively, because I, I still remember like just the lack of women's voices and the lack of women's stories. Like even now, if you go to a newspaper and, you know, go to the back, look at the sports section, it's generally, it's all, it's all men. And don't get me wrong, you know, men's stories are great, but actually women's stories as well. And for me personally, I love hearing women's stories. I love hearing their voices. I feel as though they just communicate in such a way and it connects with me differently in how they talk and what they talk about. And and it's more, um, I say emotional, but I mean this in, you know, the connect, the, the links to like their feelings and their self-doubt and their fears, you know, things which I really connect with and understand. And so I think there is something powerful about hearing these voices because, you know, for far too long, women's voices have been silent they have been ignored and even now they are still ignored a lot by mainstream media yeah it definitely is still a problem isn't it and I I kind of wish that things would move a bit faster than they were in terms of more women's voices in the media and and it's brilliant to see the role that you're playing in that and kind of your mission statement to to get more women's voices heard just going back to when you started the podcast so it's back in 2015 the first episode is that right correct yes fourth of all oh fantastic how did you get the idea to start a podcast well, initially, it was I I didn't really know about podcasts like back then, you know, if someone talked about podcasts, it'd be like, what's a podcast? How do you listen to a podcast? It wasn't really as sort of more mainstream as it is now. Um, but I started I started Tough Girl Challenges. I was very clear on my mission and what I wanted to do. And I started by blogging. No one read my blog, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> Um, but I basically wasn't having the impact that I wanted. And um, it's always very challenging when you start something new and different. And I found that a lot of people around me, like, you know, my family and friends didn't really understand what I was doing. And I got connected into this mastermind group with three other individuals, sort of one in America, one in Australia and one in Europe and me. So it's four of us all together. Um, and we were all sort of in this similar space, you know, we're wanting to grow our business, you know, these online, digital, nomadic businesses help to drive change around the world and um, one of the guys who was a member of that group were called Yanilunga he said to me why don't you start a podcast this would be such a perfect medium for you to share these stories and to get other women's voices out there and you know obviously my first response is I am not technical I don't I, I <laughs> How can I even make this happen? But I started listening more to podcasts. I can still remember I was I was in Australia and I was having this. I, I hadn't been particularly well and I was having this sort of like this rest week and I was listening to podcasts like all day, every day. And I was getting obsessed. And I also suddenly understood the power of the podcast because, you know, the voices inside your head and like we'd laugh at these little jokes. And, I, you know, I know what they were talking about, like the, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And I felt this massive sense of trust with the people that I was listening to and for me I thought this is this could be huge this could be amazing a way a way to share you know to like I've said multiple times to share these voices and um, that's how it started like I originally wanted to do it at the beginning of 2015 in January 2015 
And it probably took me, well, it did take me the six months to figure it out. How do I find guests? How do I record podcasts? How do how do I edit podcasts? You know, mm-hmm. how do I promote them? Because I was starting from scratch with everything. You know, I built my website myself. I had no followers on any platforms. I I didn't know what I was doing, but I was very aware that as soon as I started, I knew that I would get better and and so it was basically somebody else's you know advice and encouragement and me taking the plunge and I shared my first episode with him which hadn't gone live and his response was so positive and so encouraging um and that's what it's been you know like throughout the journey I you know I, I know I've made mistakes and oh my god some of my earlier episodes my pronunciation like I <laughs> I supported by Patreon at one point I was I didn't know how to say it I was like you can support me by Patronion like <laughs> Oh, it's just, you know, it's cringe. It's honestly, it makes me cringe. I'm like, I'm embarrassed. But actually, I think that's a good thing because I know that I've grown a lot throughout um, the last couple of years. I think my interview skills have got better. I think I've become a a better listener, a better storyteller, a better speaker because of um, because of the podcast. So, you know, it's been it's it's, to be honest, it's been life changing for me. Fantastic. And were there any moments that you thought it might not take off in the in the very beginning you know you alluded to the fact that at the time podcasts weren't as popular as they are now I think there's quite a boom isn't there so did you have any doubts at the beginning that what you're doing was going to work I didn't have doubts about it I had um I just knew it was going to take me a lot longer than I thought it was I also understood from all my research that one of the key things was to be consistent and also that it doesn't happen overnight which is a struggle for me. So I, well, actually, I'm a lot better now. But back then, I struggled with patience, because I knew what I wanted to do. I knew how I wanted to do it. I knew the type of life that I wanted to be leading. I knew the impact I wanted to be having. But it wasn't happening quick enough. Like I've got this like 200 page business plan. And, you know, I had a six month goal, a year goals, what I wanted to achieve after three years, five years. And, you know, the stuff that it, that I thought would take me six months ended up taking me more like three years to achieve. So patience was a big lesson. But it was also something something else as in that, I really believe, and I still do, obviously, I believe in my mission. I believe in what I'm doing. And I just knew that these, this, what I was doing would be worth it. And it is worth it. It may just take time to, to build traction. And I thought, you know, what, I'm in it for the long haul. Like I'm not trying to, um, you know, I know it's not going to be fixed overnight, but I think so long term, I think, you know, okay, 10 years, how many episodes could I produce in 10 years? Is that a thousand episodes of the Tough Girl podcast? Is that a thousand stories being shared, a thousand plus hours of content? You know, that's what I want. I want for the Tough Girl Challenges and Tough Girl website to be this resource so that women can go along and be like, right, I want to row an ocean. Okay, these are all the stories I can hear. I want to go and visit the polar region. Okay, which women have been to the South Pole? Which women have been to the North Pole? And then they can go and listen to all the stories and get the advice and tips and then apply it to their own lives. Just coming back to the, you mentioned the 200 page business plan. Was it was it always your intention to try and develop the podcast so it could be a, a financial um, income for yourself as well? Yes, 100%. So I've always been very, very clear, like, um, it, tough tough girl challenges I, it is a business I you know I want to build something that I can earn an income from uh, money now isn't my main driver and motivator but I do have to be able to earn money from from you know from doing this 
And um, that, to be honest, that's probably been more of a stress is in trying to figure out how to monetize, how to make money from it. And it's something that I wasn't making money from for about two years because I didn't know how to because initially because the podcast was so so small and because I didn't have um, a following on social media it wasn't easy to engage with with companies and brands I think I did like one sponsorship for one episode and got paid like 250 pounds or something and to be honest I I think this was back in 2016 I thought this is it this is perfect Um, (laughs) I'll you know one sponsor they'll sponsor every episode of the tough girl podcast I'll be paid 250 pounds per week boom I could live off that done amazing unfortunately it was only one episode <laughs> and then, you know and then and then later on patreon came along and that's you know that's been a massive game changer for me but I've always wanted to basically monetize my passion monetize what I enjoy doing um and be able to make, earn a living from it could you tell people a little bit about patreon because it is quite a unique uh, way to monetize uh, either a podcast or another kind of community focused project isn't it yeah, so I think I first heard about Patreon maybe back in twen- late 2016. Um, yeah, it must have been late 2016. Or was it early February? Anyway, I heard about Patreon because I heard about this couple who were sailing around the Mediterranean and filming vlogs of their challenge, but they were being paid through Patreon. And so they were able to fund their lifestyle. And this for me was like massive eye opener. I thought, hold on, people can get paid for doing what they love and it's quite an easy format so what it is is um it's basically like a funding platform where people can donate um to pay small creators for their content and it can be a monthly donation or an annual donation they can pay it you know you can set up different you can have different membership levels and different tiers so i've got like a two dollar tier a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier the reason why mine is all in dollars is because when the company is an american company and when it first started that was the only option because I was one of the I think I was one of the original people to actually start on this platform so it has basically sort of um, evolved and you can you know you can share private content with your with your patrons and with your supporters and so initially when I started I got like um, two patrons and I was getting ten dollars a month which you're probably thinking well ten dollars a month isn't a lot of money but actually ten dollars a month paid for something called Orphonic which is what I use to help improve the sound quality of my podcast so suddenly that cost was being covered and then you know I got a few more patrons and then suddenly the search function on the websites which cost me like five pounds a month the you know the cost of my mobile phone every month you know that was being covered and it's gradually built up and I'm now got 269 patrons who support between you know two dollars a month up to 25 dollars a month and um it has honestly been life-changing because while um you know while i was on the appalachian trail in 2017 I was getting a regular source of income coming in. I was getting $500, um, you know, every single month, which helped to pay for like my, my food and my challenge while I was out there. Um, and it's also been amazing, you know, actually during the past year, because like the other half of my business is I go on these hikes, adventures and challenges. And the past sort of, I think, five hikes have been sponsored. So in 2019, I did, um, you know, those past three hikes were sponsored so I, I walked the Camino Portuguese which was sponsored by Cicerone an amazing guidebook company I hiked the Lycian Way and that was sponsored by Camute and Waterwell and then the Overland Track so the four hikes no three hikes was um, was also sponsored by Cicerone and then in 2020 I had other multiple hikes which were going to be you know sponsored by different companies who wanted to be, to be you know associated with me but obviously that all fell away but what where I've been really fortunate is because is my Patreon income is still 
coming in every single month. So I'm still able to produce the podcast and produce um, produce the content. And it, when I say it has been life changing, it has absolutely been life changing, knowing that, you know, the first of the month, I'm going to get some income coming in. And it also shows me that people value the content that I produce because that's the other um challenge is that you know everything that I produce is free so you know everybody can listen to the tough girl podcast and it doesn't cost them anything for it but the only things it really costs are you know is is it costs me in terms of my time my energy but I also love doing it however I need to be able to you know pay for stuff The, the other thing I also I think is really important just to share as well is you know I'm 39 years old but I live at home with my parents so I'm not making enough money to be able to afford a house or to pay rent or anything like that at the moment but I can uh, afford my lifestyle because I have that parental support when I'm in the UK and when I'm in Australia I have family over there I live you know I live with my brother and my sister-in-law and their family again rent free so I have those options where you know my costs are very limited yeah I think the the Patreon community and, and that option for you to have that regular income obviously for you you said is is life-changing and we've been patrons for your podcast for a couple well I don't know how many years now but we we wanted to support you because we really valued the work that you were doing the free content that we get um is it one pug one podcast a week I can't remember now how much you're putting out it used to be one podcast a week and then I started doing tough girl extra which is when I go back and speak with previous guests and then um Basically, it's two ep- it's two episodes per week, so it's about eight yeah. hours of content a month. Um, but also, I yeah, I mean, f- thank you by the way. That's, That's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just because sometimes you have that you have these days where you think, you know, I mean, I did a daily podcast back in 2017. If you want to see what it was really like building a business from scratch, you can listen to what every single day, to be honest, throughout that year, apart from when I was on the Appalachian Trail, and you have these low moments where you think, I'm working so hard, I'm doing everything I can possibly be doing, and yet. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not making any money I'm I'm not you know I'm not really making a a difference like can I turn this into something which is going to be financially viable and all of my patrons get their name on a dedicated patrons page so I I go and look at them and like read the names and be like oh my gosh that you know people people like you and Amy who've been supporting me for for a long time it's like yeah they they believe in my mission they believe in what I'm doing and they you know value what I'm producing and it it does give you a massive boost and um, you know basically I I sort of work for you at the end of the day I think you know I'm producing this content the new episodes which come out I've got to produce them you know twice a week I want to produce them so um, yeah life-changing yeah I mean you know you you are doing an amazing job with the tough girl podcast and I, I don't know if you said this earlier but i've written down it's been downloaded over 1.5 million times in 174 countries across the world you've you're an award-winning podcast as well you've won various um, media awards but you haven't always been a podcaster have you and you alluded to this a little bit earlier about quitting quitting a job and doing something different so Let's go into that, shall we, in terms of what were you doing? What was life like before the podcast? What were you doing with yourself? So what I was doing was, I don't know if you, how many people know this. So I actually had a very, 
uh, normal traditional uh, background, very, very normal. I graduated from Durham University with a 2-1 in business. I headed down to London. I started working in the financial services. I ended up working in initially um, wealth management and then moved over. So that was with like international clients, clients from the Middle East and Far East. And then I moved over to UK private banking. So I worked with high net worth individuals and basically I made rich people even richer <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> But, you know, I worked, I did have that London lifestyle. I worked hard. I played hard. Um, I was constantly addicted to my Blackberry. I was, um, yeah, I was, uh, I to, to be honest, like I did have an amazing life when people looked in from the outside you know there's there was a lot of status from the from the companies that that I worked at when you say oh I work for such and such a bank they're like oh wow oh you do that oh wow so there was you know I got a lot of status I, I did get paid well um, I did enjoy it because I was surrounded by these incredibly you know intelligent people it was demanding I thought that that's what I wanted to do because you know all my friends were doing it they were all moving down to London working in banking working at hedge funds working and you know as lawyers um, however, I never really thought about how much I was enjoying it. And I remember I got promoted the year before. Uh, so in 2012, I got promoted. And 2013, um, I started to really think about my life. So I, was th- I must have been 31, 32. And I looked sort of around me and above me. And I saw um, these people in more senior positions. Because, you know, when you get promoted, right, where, what's the next step? What's the plan I need to put in place to make this happen? How do I achieve it? What targets do I need to hit, et cetera, et cetera. And to be honest, I didn't have the energy. I thought, I thought, do you want, I don't want to be doing this job in 20 years time. I don't want to be sat behind a desk in Canary Wharf looking at multiple computer screens on the 15th floor thinking this is my life. Because I would also, I realized that I never went outside. So my commute from my flat to the tube station was like a four or five minute walk. As soon as I got on the tube, tube to Canary Wharf, when you come out at Canary Wharf, it's all sort of underground shopping malls. So you can stay underground and then you get the elevator up to your building. And in your building, you have the gym, the hairdressers, the beauty salon, you have the dry cleaners, you have um, you know, everything that you could possibly need in your building. Um, get your food there as well. And then, you know, you finish work, nine, ten o'clock, you head down the escalators, get back on the tube, spend another four or five minutes walk outside. And that was that was my life. And I'd get these Sunday night blues, you know, where it's like right the week ahead. And I'm a very positive person, so I would always put a positive spin on things. And to be honest, it just got to the point where I thought, am I happy? And the answer was was no. I was I was tired. I was great. I was run down. And I didn't want to do this for the next 20, 30 years of my life. And I knew that I needed to make some changes. So, you know, fortunately, I, I, I did have savings. I didn't have any children. I didn't have any dependents. I didn't have any obligations. And so I was able to to quit my job, which is what I did in March, April 2013. Um, Didn't know what I wanted to do. (laughs) Didn't know. You know, I I initially thought I'm going to take some time off. I'll take six months off. I'll go traveling for a little bit. I'll get some time to think. And, you know, maybe I will go back into go back into, you know, a similar type of job. Maybe I'll work for a charity. Um, you know, following sort of my passions and interests. And it was while I was traveling during that time period, I was over in South America, I finally got this like quiet time where I was on these buses and I was journaling and I was asking myself, you know, simple questions, but some simple questions that actually take a lot of thought. You know, what do I like? What do I enjoy? What are my passions? What are my hobbies? What are my interests? What do I want my life to look like? What is the vision for 
for my life like how do I want to spend the next 10 20 years and for me it was it was travel it was adventure it was challenging myself but it was also combining um, it with my passion for motivating inspiring women and girls and that's how tough girl challenges basically came together um yeah so what what was it like making that decision to to leave your job having gone from you know heading down to London with your degree and working your way up in the business I I assume it wasn't like an overnight decision that you did you wrestle with it quite a bit in terms of the emotions attached to the decision it do you know it it was it was one of the most difficult times of my life in terms of there was a lot of feelings around to be honest failure and it was also trying to get people to understand because people from the outside would look in and they see this this almost f- facade of like success and it's like yes but I'm I'm not happy inside inside me I am not happy um so to be honest I felt like a major failure because I thought why can't I be happy I've you know I've got what I've got a great job I've got great money I've got great friends I've got this great lifestyle but but I just I wasn't happy so it was really difficult it was really difficult because people didn't understand why I was leaving why I wanted to make this change you know my family didn't really understand because you know especially with my parents my parents are amazing and wonderful and supportive but you know back when I started doing tough girl challenges it's like what how are you going to make any money from it and what's podcasting what's blogging what's you know what is social media um whereas you know previously when they you know when they could say oh well Sarah works for so-and-so you know it's easy it's easy for you know my my parents are in their 60s you know it's easy for them to to understand but when I spend all day in my bedroom on my laptop or on my mobile phone they don't really get it and so it was really hard to get people to understand what I was doing especially when people you know back so what's this like seven years ago it was still very very new and very very different um so I had to wrestle with those feelings of well and other people's feelings and I just had to be really really true to myself and almost just believe look it's going to be okay you're going to make this work you can make this work but it was massive feelings of, of failure to be honest and I think the other thing that I struggled with to be perfectly truthful is lack of purpose so I, when I was working, I had a purpose, you know, what I need to do every day, every week, every month, you know, I had structure, then suddenly I was free. And it was like, I had no purpose. And which is which sounds great. And it was great for maybe a couple of months. But then after that, it's like, well, what, what do I do? Like, what do I do with my, my life? What is my purpose? And, you know, that was also really, really difficult, again, until I figured it out. And then it, when it all became clear for me was when I was like, yeah, actually, this is my mission. This is what I want to do. This is how I can do it. This is how I can fulfill all those internal needs of mine in terms of, um, you know, in terms of happiness, purpose, everything else. And um, yeah, but it has been it has been a journey. I think it's very easy for people to see me now and what I'm doing. Um, but I want to make sure that they realize it wasn't just an, an overnight thing. This has been you know, six or seven years of, mm. of hard, hard, hard work. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And in terms of, of you wrestling with that decision to take the leap of faith and go and find the purpose and, you know, experience the freedom, but also trying to work out um, the kind of purpose in life. Did you have a group of people around you that did get it that did kind of support you that were cheerleaders with you that were kind of egging you on or was it something that you were kind of wrestling with yourself it was more wrestling with myself um I'd say do you know what I didn't I didn't have people around me who got it 
because everyone you know at that point in London you know they work city jobs they work corporate jobs they were either you know engaged their partner married having having children or you know getting the next promotion for them so nobody there really understood it and I to be honest, I've always felt a little bit you know the things that I want to do like when you sort of mention oh yeah I want to go run Marathon de Sars not everybody quite gets it <laughs> but, um but then it is about you know it is one of the reasons I formed the tough girl tribe this closed Facebook community is because sometimes it can be lonely out there um but it's great when you can connect with other people who you know under, understand your love for, for for pushing yourself for challenging yourself so it is about finding that tribe that community um who get it and I think that's the great thing with social media that you know you might not necessarily find them in your local town but actually you can find them all over the world like you know it's it's, it's amazing because you can just say yeah I'm thinking of climbing this mountain and people are like yeah that would be epic have you thought about <laughs> x y and z and sometimes you need though you need to have cheerleaders like that in your life I think I've always been very um I was gonna say self self I'm like I've always been like a self cheerleader I've always been I suppose like a real supporter of of me (laughs) Um, but sometimes it's not it but it's not always easy especially when there's other people's doubts and fears around you but um I I have always had um you know belief it was something I did yeah I did wrestle with I did struggle with and, and journaling helped me massively writing things down I think that's why um um, it was so powerful just having this this free time because I mean a, a classic thing is you know I used to, I spent more time planning my holidays than I did planning my life and when actually I, you know I came back from from South America I had you know reams and reams and reams of writing and just processing and thoughts down on paper and it just helped to clarify a lot of things which um, you know when you get that clarity it helps you with your purpose and it gives you the the confidence you know to start taking the steps to to make the change. Yeah, so having having that headspace um, sounds like it was a kind of a key key pivotal moment in your life to be able to nail down what it was you actually wanted to do. But also coming back to something you said earlier about joining that mastermind group, I guess, you know, you're willing to open yourself up to sharing ideas and developing ideas with others and listening to other people about what might work or what might be a good direction to go in. Do you think that's another part of, you know, in terms of anyone listening that might be thinking about living life differently we could all sit with our own ideas and think oh that won't work that won't work do you think it's important to open yourself up to other other voices I do and I think the 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 one key thing of the mastermind group which was actually super helpful is because something that I struggled with was um I've been used to be, you know, being in office, being surrounded by people, having other people set me targets and goals. And, you know, there was always someone to blame, basically, when you work in an office. When suddenly I was working myself, building, you know, building my business, building my website um, and working from home, working from my bed, like figuring out how to structure my day and also being held accountable to be honest um because it was very easy initially to be like well I can do that tomorrow okay well that's not yeah yeah there's yeah there was no real pressure for me to to do anything and I think that's why it ended up taking me you know it it probably took me a lot of 2014 2015 to figure stuff out but with the mastermind group what it was you know you meet up every month and you talk about your your goals what you're going to achieve why it was important and then next month you're meeting with the same people and they're going to ask you so have you done it? Have you set up your website? Have you hooked up all your social media accounts? Have you posted as, you know, and you feel accountable. So, you know, therefore that gives you added motivation to, to do what you need to do. And I actually, I even started, um, 
that my my initial mastermind group started for for was for one year and after that I actually created another mastermind group and this was this was super fun there was um there was four other three other women doing something similar to me so there was Jen Brown um who is who you may have heard of she runs Sparta Chicks Radio over in Australia uh-huh. yeah yeah yep. um Adelaide Goodeve mm-hmm. um so Adelaide was she was also in the process of you know starting her business and she had the Lily Wild show initially which that's going back a few years now her podcast has evolved as her business has evolved um there was another lady her podcast was called dirt in your skirt with margaret schluchler um and i've had all of these women on the podcast but the four of us you know we'd all started podcasts we were all in um you know in in the blogging space in the female empowerment space and so we had like you know this oh god it was called what it was called it was basically called the the oh, the uh, the tough dirty starter <laughs> chicks or you know something like this a mix of all of our names and that was also fantastic because one of the th- other things that we do is we'd have a hot seat so we'd all you know we take turns to sit in the hot seat to talk about the problems in our business and what we were having or what we were struggling with so you know you could go on and say look I'm struggling with x y and z and everyone else could give their ideas and opinions because that's a big problem is one of the things I struggle with struggle with is I don't have anyone to bounce ideas off, you know, when I think, oh, maybe I should do this. Is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? You know, what about this artwork? How, you know, do people like this artwork? Um, And so stuff like that can be really difficult when you're having to make every single decision yourself. So on your website, what are the colors? What are the placement? What pages do I include? Do I, what do I write in my about section? Every decision comes back to you. And so when you can, you know, find, you know, a mastermind group, find, have an accountability group. Um, it, it was amazing. So we, you know, we did that for one year and it was, to be honest, it was fantastic because you were, again, you were committed to this monthly phone call. You talk about your goals, what you're going to achieve. And then you had four weeks to go out, achieve it before you were going to be asked, have you done that job? good accountability there and and with a fantastic bunch of women as well yeah they're amazing (laughs) so what is it like being your own boss so you've gone from that you know private banking environment after traveling around the world you've set yourself up in in business with the podcast what are the pros and cons do you think of being your own boss you've mentioned a couple of things already about you know being accountable and what else is there I'd say initially when I started, the one of the negative things, all the things that I struggled with personally, was balancing my life in terms of because, you know, when you're at the very start and you don't have anything to fall back on, um, I felt incredibly guilty if I wasn't working on my business. So, you know, if I wanted to watch a movie in the evening, well, Sarah, why are you watching a movie? You, you know, you, you've got no followers. You don't even have a website. You No, you need to work on your business. So balance was a real struggle because, and that's what I had, um, quite a few health problems actually towards the end of 2014 2015 basically I had like chronic fatigue and I was exhausted um mainly from like overtraining but I think also from pushing myself so hard to create something and to build something and you know to build it as quickly as I possibly could but there at the end of the day there's only so many hours in the day and there's only so much that you can actually do and sometimes it does just take time so I think that's very hard initially at the beginning um I think like I mentioned about accountability you know if you don't have that it's easy to put things off and like I said I, I like to think that I am self-motivated but sometimes I even I spend my time doing useless things which aren't going to add any value it's more you know there's working in your business and there's working on your business um, and there is quite a quite a difference with that I think 
over over the years I've got a, a lot better but I think the reasons that I've got better is that I've learned how to implement systems so in terms of you know the, the podcast you know I, I used to do one podcast interview a week um and edit it and create the artwork and obviously I was all learning all these new skills whereas now I do do two a week but I've got this you know I've, I've may see not on my Instagram stories but I have like a a spreadsheet which I print out where I can see what's the date of the podcast interview is the interview being booked has the interview been recorded have I created the artwork have I uploaded the raw audio footage to Dropbox have I you know all the steps I need to do from the from the initial start of um of the podcast all the way through to it being published and shared and promoted on social media so my systems are a lot better I've obviously also become a lot more efficient I've also become a lot kinder to myself but I can be kinder to myself because um uh, because I do have a business now you know I do I've got I've won awards for my podcast and I've you know had over a million listens so the not that the pressure's off but I know what I'm doing now I'm more I'm more aware of what I need to do in order to, you know, to get it done. And so I am, I'm kinder to myself. Um, you know, weekends don't mean anything to me. Bank holidays don't mean anything to me. I just literally go on, what do I need to do? How am I feeling? What's the weather like? I don't set an alarm. I wake up naturally. If the sun's shining, I want to go work out, I'll go work out. If, you know, some evenings uh, it's like, do you know what? I'm actually, I want to edit a podcast, right? Let's edit a podcast. And so I'm, I know what I need to do now and I'm and I'm just much more efficient but I think that's just come come with experience basically. In terms of your physical and mental health benefits your lifestyle now compared to the lifestyle that you had in the city how how do they compare from your own personal experience? Oh my god (laughs) it's it's like I I look at my life now and literally every day I'm like I just love my life like I'm just like you know do you know what I get to do is I get to speak to amazing women and I get to share their stories I get to engage members of the tough girl tribe uh, I get to go on these adventures and hikes and challenges around the world um I am happy I enjoy the process that I'm on I enjoy the day-to-day life my my, my my mental health is so much better I think you know my, my priorities have obviously changed but you know I feel I feel healthier I feel stronger there's also there's no stress in my life like which is I know this sounds weird but doing the job that I used to do was it was a very high stress environment high performance environment and I like I don't think I realized like how stressed I was because even after I left I was I was waking up in the middle of the night thinking oh my god has that right has that been done like it was it's like it's like my adrenal glands were just on full on being slammed with the amount of stress whereas now oh sorry I should also just say as well I worked in a very male dominated environment and the stresses that come from that and so I think the other interesting thing is I've gone from that very male dominated competitive backstabbing um politics bs environment to now you know the majority of people that I work with are, are women and it's it's not about competition it's about collaboration and like I like there is no there is no stress do you know what I mean there's just like it's just like it's it's great that I get to talk to all these women plan all these you know adventures and do these different talks so it's a completely different way 
of working like just the the collaboration the support the encouragement the you know the little messages from people saying you know I love what you're doing you're doing a great job you know even you know with with Jen Brown from Spartaships and Adelaide Goodeve and and Margaret you know we were we, and we still do, you know, supporting one another, encouraging, you know, when people get it, when you reach like a milestone, like you reach like 100,000 downloads or something and people are like, do you know what, we know how hard it is because they're doing it. Um, so, yeah, it's just I feel supported, encouraged. I feel healthy. I feel happy. I love my life. I'm smiling. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure that people listening to this can feel how happy you are you know through the through the headset or whatever they're wearing or the speakers or whatever you know they can feel your enthusiasm and, and your happiness for what you're doing now it is absolutely incredible and it, and a huge change in lifestyle as well you know deciding to leave that job leaving everything that went with it the you know the status the the income those old blackberries that people don't use anymore <laughs> <laughs> but just just on the the kind of finances you mentioned patreon um is that your only source of income or are there other ways that you bring money in to, to keep yourself and, and cover your main cost of living? Yes. So let, let's let's talk money. Let's break it down. So <laughs> I do, you know, one of the big things, like I mentioned, you know, I, I live at home with my parents. So, um, I, you know, rent, food, every, I don't I don't contribute. You know, I help my dad with the IT occasionally and might make, <laughs> might make a meal. But my, my mum's like an amazing cook. My dad's an amazing provider. Um, so very, very fortunate. But making money, I... Before the pandemic, I had I I still work jobs. So I have a local coffee shop, which is just down the road from me. I will go in there and I will wash dishes. Like, and that doesn't bother me at all. It's quite funny. I I I won when I I won an award in London, like on the Friday night or something. And I was back or uh, in the in the coffee shop on the Sunday washing dishes. So, <laughs> but I thought. Yeah, this, this is the reality. Um, I also do, um, or used to do before the pandemic, um, do interviews for Camp America. So people will come to my house. I would interview them for Camp America. So I had those two as money sources. Bit of a random one, but I am the Royal Ascot hat historian. So no. every year I would work at Royal, or have done for the past seven years, selling silk top hats, um, which is, you know, a week's a week's work which is um really good so people may not know but silk top hats sell for in the thousands so from you know two and a half thousand pounds up to eight thousand pounds so I would um you know be selling the silk top hats at Ascot so that was one of my sort of regular jobs that I would do every single year the other half of the equation is um is doing that you know these sponsored hikes where I would get paid you know it, it varies but generally I would get paid to go and go and do the hike um or they would uh sponsor like my video content so there's that element as well I do merchandise so I sell things like buffs so I make a little bit of money through that um I do talks as well I get paid for my talks um so yeah, motivational talk, talks for schools, companies are doing that online. That's another avenue of income. It's basically, it's very, um, it's very, what's the word? It's like, a, I think Adam McNuff probably said it much. It's, it's very much like a jigsaw, um, a jigsaw piecemeal uh, income stream. The other income streams, just think about it, is um, so I've written a couple of ebooks as well, which I sell through you know places like Amazon. So that probably brings me in maybe 15, 20 pounds a month. I do have affiliate links as well. So recently, you know, I'm doing this campaign with um, Innovate, um, a running campaign, Run One Mile Every Day in March. Um, and so if people buy through that link, then I will get a percentage of those 
of of that revenue however this isn't like massive percentages and obviously like affiliate links it doesn't charge it doesn't cost the person using that link any extra money it's just you know it's just just so that they know it's come through like my from my site or my promotional promotional work um so yeah so there's affiliate links um amazon books oh google ads as well so um on my YouTube vlogs as well, you have, I I think I've actually taken quite a lot of the ads off because it wasn't really making me that much money. But, you know, I think Google paid me like one year, £65. <laughs> and that's for like 300,000 views or something. So, um, you know, but also on the flip side of that is I I don't have an expensive life. Like um, once like my business costs are taken care of and my mobile phone and my gym membership, um, that's pretty much it. I, I, I get a lot of gear free. So, uh, you know, generally trainers, hiking shoes, uh, Osprey have provided me with my last couple of backpacks. Um, so that's, you know, that's obviously a great cost saver. So I don't really have any cost. And what traveling is also very, very cheap. Like when you're out on the bike or when you're hiking, you generally just have to pay for food and accommodation here and there, but you're staying in youth hostels, you know, so like $20, 15 quid. Um, the hiker biker sites out in America were like $8, so like a fiver. So um, you can you can live very cheaply when you are out doing these, these challenges. But I should also just say as well, other things to note, this is probably more like my banker side as well is there there's the you also need to think about things like retirement which I'm starting to do now like having you know a pension um, like my government pension isn't going to be that much by the time I retire so I need to start thinking about you know setting up a personal pension um, and then it's like right I've actually got to to put say start saving money but I haven't been able to start saving money because I haven't had any money to save and initially you know if you think of like the setup cost of setting up your business you know getting a laptop buying a GoPro um you know paying for events and stuff so it's it's probably taken me until this year really before I've been able to start saving and to think about right I actually need to part start putting a couple of hundred pounds a month into like a, a personal savings account a SIP and or an, into an ISA um, so I'm actually looking at, at that in more detail at the moment but you know, things like that are in, are important to to think about Thank you so much for being open and honest about it. Um, I just wanted to reflect a bit on the kind of past six, seven years of the Tough Girl podcast and some of the adventures that you've done. And I've just made some notes about, um, I think, 2015, the first episode, 2016, you go and run the Marathon des Sables, which I think for anyone that hasn't heard of it is uh, running crazy distances across the Sahara Desert. I think it's the toughest foot race on earth it's described as. 2017, you go and hike... 100 days on along the Appalachian Trail, 2,190 miles. 2018, you cycle from Vancouver in Canada down the Pacific Coast Highway into Mexico, solo and unsupported, over 2,500 miles. 2019, you hike the Camino Portuguese from Lisbon in Portugal to Santiago de Compostela in Spain, 387 miles. <laughs> 2019, the Lyceum Way, Turkey, hiking over 29 days in southern Turkey in the overland track in Tasmania in 2020 alongside running and doing everything that goes with Tough Girl podcast, what an incredible six or seven years you've had. What would you like the next seven, six, seven years to look like? Oh, do you know what? That is such a good question. I should, I should pull out my 10 year plan. <laughs> <laughs> is there a spreadsheet? 
let's get into the detail um well to, to be honest like I did actually sit down um uh at the end of 2019 when 2020 was about to happen and I was like actually what do I want to what do I want the next sort of 10 years 10 years to look like and basically oh, I really need to find it so I can go through <laughs> but basically I wrote down all the challenges that I wanted to do and this is by the way this is big picture thinking this you know I wanted to hike the Tiora Trail in New Zealand I wanted to hike the Pacific Crest Trail in America I wanted to do the Continental Dubai Trail I'd love to sail around the world I'd love to row the Atlantic Ocean I'd love to climb some of the seven summits I'd love to climb Elbrus and act Aconcagua um, I'd love to do more cycle trips throughout Europe so I wrote this big list of all these challenges down um so that was like, you know, my personal goals, my personal satisfaction. I want to continue to grow the Tough Girl podcast. I want to continue to grow Tough Girl challenges. I want it to be, I want the Tough Girl challenges website to be this resource, like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, but just this place where people can go and be inspired. Um, I wanted to make it uh, easy for people to be like, okay, Marathon Decides, right, which women should I listen to? So I wanted to continue to produce as many episodes as possible with Tough Girl Extra. I also want to be able to to document other women over their over their life as they do adventures and challenges. So for example, people like Anna Blackwell, I first spoke with Anna um, maybe four or five years ago and she came on and she talked about her first challenge which was which was hiking the Camino you know solo and unsupported and then we got her back a few years later and she talked about kayaking the continent where her and her friend kayaked um, across uh, down Europe or across Europe and then I had her back on for a third episode where she was hiking a thousand kilometers in in Sweden but what's really one of the nice reasons for doing that is so that we can track her throughout the years same with like Anna McNeil enough you know I spoke to um Anna McNuff uh, back after like one of her first challenges and and then I spoke to her after her New Zealand run then I've spoken to her after her after her uh cycling the length of South America challenge and I've also spoken to her after she ran Barefoot Britain so it's really nice to be able to document their journeys as well and you know to see how they started and how they got to where they are where they got to now at the moment the other thing that I have been looking at more seriously is so a couple of years ago I went and did my master's in women and gender studies um at university uh yeah university of Lancaster and I graduated there in 2018 and I've also been looking at doing my doctorate or like doing like a deep prof in women and adventure so I can become like the leading expert in women and adventure. So I want to become like the go to person. So when women think women adventure, women who do challenges, they think Sarah Williams, Tough Girl Challenges, that's the resource, that's the place to go. So that's basically my 10 year you know, ideas for, for the next 10 years is to con- really just to continue doing what I'm doing now and just, you know, try and take it to the next level, try and, you know, earn a bit more income from it all, um, save up a bit more money. Um you know, eventually it might be quite nice to be able to, to buy a little place of my own. If that doesn't happen, maybe it's van life, uh, you know, van life for me, or maybe I take off and go cycle around the world, you know, like, who knows? Um, but obviously things change, things like the pandemic happen <laughs> and, plans, yeah. and plans get cancelled. So um, I think, by the way, my 10-year my plan, it wasn't a hard and fast plan. It was more about this, like the, the dreams, the ideas, the things that I would like to happen it was just sort of putting them out there to see what could happen in the next 10 years and um, I had a great phrase recently is, is that people people overestimate what they I hope I'm going to say this right yeah people overestimate what they can achieve in a year but underestimate what they can achieve in a decade 
and mm. I just think you know I do think long term I really do and you know I'm inspired by women like Rosie Spell Pope who's you know 74 years young and I think well if I'm in my 70s doing those types of challenges and I'm healthy and I'm strong and I'm happy then that's pretty epic really so I just yeah sorry I'd like to talk (laughs) (laughs) this is great to hear and I think one of one of the things that we've always admired about you know you and since we've been following you and some of the stuff you share about what you're doing with the podcast and what you want to do with it in the future is that you you're not afraid to dream you're not afraid to set big hairy challenging goals and and you really strive for them and and you enthuse other people to strive for their goals as well and and that's really powerful stuff oh thank you <laughs> that's okay we'll be talking to dr williams in five years time <laughs> oh god i love that yeah dr sarah williams yeah i do yeah oh god love that wouldn't that be amazing if it did come true when it comes true when it comes true yes, when not if yeah um just kind of a bit of a final summary we we've we're only a couple of episodes in to our little podcast and we've already had some really great feedback from people that have listened and um, from some listeners in particular who are currently struggling in their jobs or feel stuck in their jobs or don't feel fulfilled by what they're doing what they're doing in their lives what advice would you give to people in that situation that are thinking about making changes but are maybe struggling with doing something different so I think there's a couple of things and it's this this advice by the way is very dependent on people's situation and circumstances so there's a there's a lot of variables so you know look I'm I don't have I don't have children I don't have dependents I don't have a partner I don't have a mortgage so that obviously gives me a huge sense of it makes it a lot easier for me to make make the transition if you if you are somebody who's at home who's got you know children elderly parents mortgages bills everything else the first thing I'd say is don't make any rash decisions believer in putting a plan in place but the before you even get there I think the first thing is to do is to actually spend some time um with with yourself um and journaling and writing things down like honestly like a few of those questions that I asked you know I mentioned at the start get get a pad of paper and start writing writing down your feeling write down you know what are you feeling at the moment why are you feeling that way is it one particular aspect of your life that you're not happy with it are there things that you can take away are there things that you can add but it's about figuring out what it is and one of the most powerful ways is to either talk about it is to write it down um to give you that idea because sometimes when you start digging into it you realize that what's making you unhappy may not be the thing that's making you unhappy and wanting to make um the change the, the second thing is look it's hugely stressful at this time of year like well not this time of year, at this point in time with everything that's going on and don't underestimate the stress um that you are under everybody's everybody is feeling that stress so although it can be you know you think you want to make a drastic change um Take, taking the time to really think to put a plan in place is what's needed and I think you know to be honest let's talk practical as well you know if you've got if you've got savings if you've got income that gives you a great amount of flexibility so if you are in the position to save money get saving build up yourself an emergency fund build up a fun account so that if when you do make the change you you know you know that you can make this change and you've got six months or a year to make it happen um but where else? Where else could I go with this? Yeah, don't make any drastic changes. 
do, do lots of journaling, do lots of thinking. The other thing is, you know, fill your head with positivity and inspiration. If you are feeling a little bit lost at the moment, you know, by listening to your podcast, by listening to the Tough Girl podcast, by listening to Extraordinary Ordinary Women, um, it, you know, there's loads of content out there. Listen to it. See what inspires you try things out because sometimes also the realities of turning like your hobby or your passion into your job it, it may not be necessarily the best thing it might be that okay look I, I like my job I like doing the nine to five maybe it's making better use of the weekends so one size does not fit all um this is about picking and choosing what's going to work well with you it's about putting a plan in place it's about you know look, paying attention to the detail um and being flexible with that plan oh my god this is something I could talk about for ages there's so much I want to talk about but I will, I'm also trying to be structured with my response and in my head my head is going off into all these different avenues of like oh actually you've got to do this first and do this and do that and think about this so I know I know it sounds a bit wishy wishy washy but honestly I think the, the first place I'd start is journaling ask yourself the question I think Ros Savage did it you know Ros Savage um, an incredible woman rode uh, one of the first first women to row the Indian the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean one of the key things that she did is she wrote her own obituary so you know sit down do that imagine yourself as you know an eight-year-old a 90-year-old imagine yourself in um, at that age and look back on your life and think about what you want your life to be like you know write down the vision you know describe it get into the detail what does the day-to-day look like you know link it back to your values you know and the key word there is your values I mean you do only have one life and there is obviously a lot of pressure from society from family from friends and everybody else but actually think about you what do you want to achieve what do you want to do and when you can you know get that dialed in and you know what exactly it is it becomes incredibly powerful so almost you know don't feel under pressure to 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 figure stuff out it can take time you know even with um you know tough girl challenges you know it's it's probably taken five or six years to evolve how it evolved. You know, when it started, it was a blog and then it evolved into the podcast. And I didn't know how the podcast would evolve. I've also done vlogs at the same time. And, you know, I don't know how that's going to evolve. Things do change. So, um, you know, just almost enjoy the journey of figuring it out. But know that life is working for you and not against you. And it's it's all going to be OK. It is going to be OK wise words very wise and powerful words and I think that spending some time with yourself is something that um resonated me with resonated with me there and having the headspace to be able to figure things out and quite often we're you know stuck in very busy lives whether it be people with families or busy jobs or you know not so busy social lives at the moment because of the pandemic but there are there are all these pressures around us and it is so important to be able to find that space to have those conversations and I think Something that I'll kind of add in there is, and I think we mentioned it a bit earlier on, is about the people that are around you. So if if people are stuck and thinking they might want to do something else, but perhaps haven't got the confidence or maybe haven't got the the finances or or savings behind them, who who can they speak to? So some somebody told me something a while ago when um, I was training to be a mentor, and one of the phrases that came up was, "Who's on your board of directors?" Ooh. So if you're the company if you like who would you go to who are the key people in your life that you know are going to have your back they're going to be your main cheerleaders you know you can go to them for some impartial advice and they're going to be honest and open with you so I think that's something else for people to think about as well get those cheerleaders around you 
Oh, a hundred percent. And and also, if you're mentioning to to your friends that you know you're thinking about making a change, y- your friends should be encouraging, should be supportive. They should be your cheerleaders. If your friends are not doing that, if they're poo pooing all over your plans <laughs> and dreams, then think about getting some new friends because life is too short. A hundred percent. One phrase that I'm going to leave you with, Sarah, which I think just sums up um, our chat and and the kind of new life you've carved out for yourself is this. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And I think that really, for me, that really fits the the kind of life that you've got for yourself now. Would, Would you agree? Oh, my God, I do agree. And I think I remember seeing that on a sign at Yesterval. And like, it's even funny, like, because I've, I've been planning this, this, this um, March Daily Mile challenge. And uh, like what people haven't seen is for the past two days, I've probably worked like 12 hour plus days, you know, like creating artwork and creating content and doing copy and, you know, all doing all the logistics and behind the scenes. But it's been amazing. <laughs> it, is, it is so true. Like I am, look, I am so privileged and I feel so lucky to be to be doing what I'm doing like honestly like I just I yeah I'm I'm gonna keep saying I'm just so happy (laughs) it's like everyone be like oh god she's happy we get it (laughs) brilliant and where can people follow even more happiness with you and the tough girl podcast well if they go and visit toughgirlchallenges.com that's basically like the main central hub there's more information about me the podcast different adventures I've done there's also links to the books I've written and ways to support and um, find out more about the different challenges I think I've already said that but yeah toughgirlchallenges.com go and check it out links to all the social media from there brilliant we'll share that in our show notes as well Sarah thank you so so much for the time you've given us today um obviously Amy would have stick around with the Ollie but that isn't quite working yet with a co-host on the podcast but we hope to get to the point soon where Amy and I both sit down together um to chat with people but um for now you know love from us all and thank you so much for your time oh it's been amazing thank you so much Thank you so much for listening. We hope that Sarah's story has inspired you to maybe take a leap of faith or try something new in your life. This episode was really cool. I think although we knew Sarah for some time now, I think I learned so much more about her and the decisions that she ended up making to follow her passion and her energy and enthusiasm for the life that she's leading now was just purely infectious. It's brilliant. I love the fact that she's willing to kind of almost sacrifice by moving back in with her parents, which most people would be like, no, never! (laughs) But it's enabled her to have the life that she wants and to continue having the adventures she wants to as well. It's absolutely inspiring. Yeah, and I think we definitely blame Sarah's podcast for some of the adventures we've been on. Um, Definitely. A a very long bike ride to Chamonix and then also that epic bike ride around all 22 counties of Wales. Maybe we'll talk about that one day. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd be grateful if you could share it with friends or family so that we can reach more people with these amazing stories. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can also follow our own adventures by connecting with our website and social media channels. Links are in the show notes. That's it for now. Look forward to connecting with you on the next show. Take care. Stay safe.